4: Welcome, everyone, to the MMQB Gambling Podcast, Week Three in the NFL. I am one of your co hosts, Jimmy Traina, joined as always by my partners, Mitch Goldich and Gary Gramling. We're all in a good mood because we dominated the board last week in our best bets uh, segment there. The total record for the three of us was 11 and 4. Not Ooh. bad. Mitch, what was your record and uh, how did you I- feel about week two?
3: I was four and two, uh, which I'll take. Uh, I got burned by my Vikings, which we will get into this later. They are no longer my Vikings, and this will not happen again. <laughs> but uh, four and two, I'll take it. You guys put me to shame. You'd think four and two would be a pretty good week, and I'm I'm third in the old win percentage column.
4: Gary, how is yeah, uh, your week too?
5: Thank you for uh, Daniel Jones delivering for all three of oh, us here. Yeah. Uh, look. The one that threw me off was was Chiefs Chargers. Uh, you had that one too, Jimmy. And mm-hmm. I I would not if I knew it was Justin Herbert, I still would have best bet it. I wouldn't have felt quite as good about it. But hey, look, Chargers delivered. That defense uh, dominated this one. I, I I will say I I did win one more. I did go four and one personally because I uh, I did jump on that Titans Jaguars over once Corey Davis was uh, in the lineup there. So uh, real good week.
4: So you were three and one, Mitch four and two. I was four and one. I mean, we all really... I mean, the Giants was the grossest, shittiest cover I've ever seen a team get in my entire life. And the Chiefs... <laughs> you know, and we
3: all had it. You'd, we thought yeah. it was going to go the other way. Yeah. We thought that was the kiss of death, but we all picked up a win there. Uh,
4: I probably would have bet the Chiefs... I would have picked the Chiefs, I guess, too. Although, I don't know. You know, I, I think Tyra Taylor stinks, so that's part of my thought process in that pick. But, I, you know, if I found out the Chiefs were playing a rookie, I probably would have stuck with them. Mm. So, um you know, take what you can get. All right, let's get to week three. We have a full slate, no bye weeks yet. So we will run through these and uh, give you our best bets and break it all down for you. We start with uh, a completely decimated Niners team back in New York. They were in, well, One thing I wanted to say to you guys before we even do this. Interesting stat. I'm sure both of you saw it. The average total points through the two weeks is 50.5, and we have four totals this week with 50 or over. So keep that in mind if you're a totals better this week. I'm sure you guys saw that one, right? Mm-hmm. 50.5 points average per game this season. All right. So it's the uh, banged up Niners going into uh MetLife to play the Giants. San Francisco, because of COVID, they're not allowed to stay in New York, so they were in New York or Jersey, whatever, to play the Jets last week, had to go home and then come back, even with all the injuries, so the, uh, they're still, this is how bad the Giants are, the Niners are still four-point favorites on the road against the Giants, the total is 41.5, Gary.
5: Yeah, I'm I'm hooked on Daniel Jones now. Uh, Got to go with him again here, getting the points at home. I know the Giants have been duds at home, but uh, look, this 49ers team. It sounds like it's to me, Nick Mullins, which is actually uh, Nick Mullins faced the Giants on on a Monday night a couple years ago. That was a that was a four point Giants win out in. uh, Candlestick or whatever they call that uh, place now, Levi's, or whatever it is. Uh, I will say this about the 49ers defense. I think Nick Bosa is as big a loss as you could have, maybe outside of Aaron Donald, uh, as far as an individual defensive player in the league. Uh, they're not going to sink to 2018 levels, but... <laughs> they're they're not gonna be much better than 2018 without Bosa, in my estimation, also without DeForest Buckner at this point, who they traded in the offseason and did have back in 2018. This is a team that only had seven takeaways, record low by a by a wide margin in the history of the NFL back in 2018. Nick Bosa and that pass rush is what sort of made that happen with the takeaways uh, in San Francisco. It's just it, it's gonna be a shell of itself on defense, on offense. I do think Nick Mullins can move the ball, but I think you get points in this game, and and quite frankly. I don't want to say it's a pick but uh, boy, if this was like
3: Giants plus one and a half, I think that's still enticing. Mitch? Jimmy, I'll just say, uh, I hate to correct you, but I— Unless, or maybe I misheard you. They did not. They did not fly all the way back to California. They stayed in West Virginia for the week off oh, in between games it? in New York.
4: Oh, okay. I just I knew they couldn't stay in New York. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay.
3: Th- that said, I no Bizarre idea if that helps them or hurts them. Right. Uh, and I think even the trend of teams staying on the East Coast for two weeks, maybe we can run the numbers. It's probably still a small sample size, but who knows if that actually helps or doesn't help or what. Um, this is. I mean, this is not a best bet for me. It's it's. Just so hard to pick it with so many injuries. Um, I will just say, you know, we always talk about a team's psyche going into the game. The 49ers need this game because their schedule right now, they're very banged up. They go Giants, Eagles, Dolphins. And then in the middle of the season, they go Rams at Patriots at Seahawks, Packers at Saints at Rams, Bills all right in a row. They just have such a tough stretch coming up that we've known about all year. They need to bank some wins early in the season. They do have Nick Mullins. He doesn't worry me as much as some other backup quarterbacks. We've talked all offseason about how teams need continuity, and he's at least a guy who's been in Kyle Shanahan's system for three years. He did start games uh, a couple seasons ago, even though that feels like forever ago. And, again, who knows how much that matters. But, I don't know. Weird game. The field and the turf is going to be the biggest storyline of the game after it was such a story um, – with all the injuries coming out of that Niners-Jets game, Trent Williams has already said he knows it's going to be on his mind during the game. It's just going to be weird. It's a stay away from me, but if you make me pick somebody, I like the Niners side there, uh, giving up only four points.
4: Yeah, huge stay away from me because, uh, you know, when a team is as banged up as the Niners, i got to see how they respond uh, before I – get into one of their games and the Giants without Saquon I will say this I think you're going to see the Giant offense be better without Saquon Barkley I think Tiki Barber was onto something there and I watched Devontae Freeman I think um, not make anyone miss Saquon Barkley there for the Giants Um, i take better listen if you know if you have one run for 60 and then 10 for minus 4 it's you know not really productive
5: so and I, I, I wish but, I could cite it, but but one of the handicappers out there said said Saquon injury is only worth like a half a point.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. All right, next game, the Falcons coming off one of the most surreal losses you'll ever see. They are three point favorites at home with the Bears going into Atlanta. The total here is forty seven and a half. Mitch.
3: God, <laughs> this is one. Of those poor Falcons. Maybe not poor Falcons. You know, in a lot of ways, self inflicted. Uh, so maybe not poor Falcons, but. I, This is one of those games where, um, you know, you wonder if the line sort of reflects the two weeks that we've seen or if it reflects more of what we expected from these teams coming into the season. I just I think the Falcons, you know, obviously a tough start to the season. I think they just ran into a buzzsaw in week one against Seattle, a team that I've said all along, I just think is better than a lot of people realize. Although now it seems like people are coming around. And then last week, just an all time choke job. The Bears, I am just, I'm not ready to consider the Bears legit. Last week they played that bad Giants team. They scored 17 points. They were shut out in the second half. Um, you know they let the Giants back into it. Um, I was gonna say without Saquon, although uh, Tiki Trina might say that they would be, they were better off without uh, Saquon. Although they did not have Devonte yet at the time. Um, but I don't know. We've we've seen the Falcons rebound from uh, horrific str- games and stretches before. Um, including really the whole second half last year. So I'm, I'm not ready to write them off totally, and I'm just not ready to uh, to put a lot of faith in the Bears, um, even though I know they've won a couple of games here. So, again, not a best bet for me. We will get to my best bets eventually, but um, I, I, do, I lean Falcons here. Only three Gar- points at home. Gary? No, I do too. Nothing fundamentally
5: wrong with the Falcons, just bad situational football over the first two weeks, and uh, I, I think there are fundamental problems with the Bears, so I would lean Falcons here as well.
4: Yeah, this is one of my best bets. I think everyone's going to jump off the Falcons, which means you get nice value here, only giving a field goal at home. And, you know, sorry, the Bears last week were as unimpressive as you could be. I'm still not sold on Mitch Trubisky. They should have had a loss week one if Swift catches that pass for the Lions. So not sold on the Bears on any level. And I think everyone jumps off the Falcons here and then you get good value. All right, we now go to Buffalo. The Bills giving two and a half points to the incoming Rams. Totaled here is 47. Gary.
5: I love this game. Fascinating game. I think it's my favorite game of the week, uh, except for maybe the Monday night or that we'll get to. But uh, look... uh, I'm a Josh Allen believer, uh, but I don't believe in Josh Allen to the extent that we've seen so far. As far as the sides go, I do lean Rams in this one. I I do think there's uh, a little more reliability week-to-week, series-to-series, play-to-play, and uh, I do think that ends up uh, being a difference in this one. Uh, I I do want to highlight the total, though. Uh, I really like the under here. Buffalo... Since the beginning of 2018, so let's call it the Josh Allen era, uh, they have had nine games where the total is higher than 43. They have gone under in every one of those games. Uh, And look, if you're looking at the X's and O's standpoint of this, the Bills bring back their two starting linebackers. Didn't have uh, 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 Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano last week for the Dolphins game. Those guys are back. Rams are kind of a dink and dunk offense. They've had film out there for two weeks now. I I, I do think the Bills are, are sort of ready for them. And like I said... Look, Josh Allen picked on the Jets. He picked on the Dolphins, who were missing their top corner. Uh, Byron Jones went down early in that one. So uh, I just think the Bills get a little more conservative going against a much, much better defense. Not that the Rams are world beaters, but uh, you know they have they have NFL players out there. So uh, I, I think you get a conservative game. I think it's a close game, uh, but I do think it stays relatively low scoring, something like a uh, you know something in the twenty three to twenty range.
4: Okay, Mitch.
3: Yeah, I, I like that, um, and I, I'm with you. I like this game. It's a it's a fascinating game. I don't think either of these teams are you know world beaters or top of their conference, but they're both really solid teams. That um, you know, I, I don't think I had the Rams in the playoffs before the season, but I have been probably more impressed by them than I thought I would so far. And uh, you know, I just think they're two good, not great, but definitely interesting teams. <laughs> Um, you know, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, this is another one. The Rams also, by the way, are back-to-back games on the East Coast. They were in Philly and now back in Buffalo, although they actually did go all the way home to California. So uh, so next week, we'll know. We'll, we'll just, that whole debate, we'll, we'll have decided it based on how right. these two games go. Um, but I don't know. You know, I kind of, I like the, the vibe. I just... Feel like the Rams last year was kind of like a down year. I don't want to say Super Bowl hangover, but just kind of a stale year, and and they didn't get off on the right foot. Now they're paying guys like Jalen Ramsey got paid, and now they've they've paid Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and they're you know locking up their core. I just feel like they've got good vibes. People are in a good mood, and it's just like a happier team than it was last year. I know that's silly. You know, people come here for like hardcore uh, stats and numbers, and sometimes I just want to talk about the mood of the team. And I, I like what the Rams have going on. I like what the Bills have going on too, but. Um, you know, I'm excited to watch this one. I think it's a close game, and the Rams are getting a couple points. I'll, I'll lean that way.
4: It's a stay away game for me. The next one is not though. The Browns are giving a touchdown to the Washington football team. The total here is 44 and a half. Mitch.
3: Um. Wow. I I thought you were gonna tee it up and go first there. If it's, I'll tee it up up and go first. I just think the
4: line is the line is way too high. I don't think the Browns should be giving a touchdown. The Redskins defense, I think, will... Washington football team. Oh, I said it I know. I knew I was going to do it. The Washington football team will give Baker Mayfield fits. I think this is... Um, you have potential here for an outright Washington football team win. So I love getting a touchdown here. I just... I've not been impressed. You know, I, they got their win last week against the Bengals, against the rookie quarterback. I just... I'm not... I think the... Washington football team defense is a lot better than people think. Great defensive line. I think uh, Baker's in for, uh, I think this is a situation where the Browns may even take the Washington football team lightly. And I think you get a cover here. All right, there now go Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
3: I actually, so I'm against you, not a best bet, but I do lean Browns. Um, Keep in mind, they have a few days of extra rest because they played Thursday night last week um, and Washington on normal rest. Um, Yeah, you know, I I, just—I felt like they did—the Browns did figure some things out last Thursday night. You know, week one, that's such a tall order to play Baltimore, and we didn't really talk about them on last week's podcast because we uh, always skip over the Thursday night game. Um, But they just—you know, they weren't in it. But then on Thursday night, really, I I like what they did with using both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt— And they got Odell Beckham involved, and obviously that's a whole thing that everyone loves to talk about. But their rushing attack and and the Thursday Night announcers were just gushing over how they have the best uh, running back tandem in football and how good they are together. But it did feel like their season kind of started in Week 2. And, you know, they had, like, no chance to get off on the right foot, and then they did. And, and, yeah, Washington, their defensive line was incredible in Week 1 against, basically, Eagles backups. Um, they were not as impressive last week, and I don't want to say that week one was a fluke because it wasn't a fluke, but I think that could be a game that we look back on at the end of the season and say, oh man, everyone was really excited about Washington after week one, and they really didn't, uh, you know, didn't follow it up for the rest of the year. Um, this game does kind of scream backdoor cover to me, uh, which is probably the reason it's not a best bet because I could easily see the Browns being up 10 and then uh, finishing with a three-point win here. Um, And the Browns, they actually did give up the backdoor cover last Thursday against the Bengals and could easily do it again. Um, But, you know, not a best bet. But I I do. I lean Browns. I uh, I like what they have going on right now.
4: Gary? Gary?
5: Yeah, I uh, you guys are my two best friends in the world, so I'm gonna mm. I'm, I'm gonna side with both of you on this one. I actually I do lean football team just a bit in this one. Uh, what makes me nervous about that pick though, and why why I won't best bet it is uh, I think this is a game flow game flow problem for Washington. If they do fall behind, I don't think they have you know Dwayne Haskins. I don't think is going to score uh, you know lead two fourth quarter touchdown drives like Joe Burrow did last Thursday night. Uh, the Browns do have a run game that can grind the clock down and frankly, that's going to be their identity this year. It's going to be run and play action. Baker's going to look a lot more like Kirk Cousins than, uh, uh, than Drew Brees out there in this offense, but uh, I think if the Browns get a, you know, if they're up two touchdowns, if they're up 17 points when we're uh, entering the fourth quarter here, I think they're going to hang on to that lead, and, and they'll probably get the cover here, but uh, uh, I do think the number is too big, and that's why I would uh, lean Washington. That, that, that was the least helpful take you could possibly give.
4: It's okay. We'll take it. Because uh, I'm going to give you nothing on the next game. We've got the Tennessee Titans going into Minnesota, face the O and two Vikings. The Titans are two and a half point favorites. The total is forty nine. Gary,
5: yeah, I, I have you know similar to what I just said about Washington. I, I I think Minnesota has game flow problems going forward, and I don't know if they can really jump on anyone early, uh, especially a quality team like the Titans. I, I I've been I've been thinking about this. I didn't think a Mike Zimmer team could have like a four and twelve, five and eleven season. But after watching them the first two weeks, I think this might be a, a five and eleven type of team here for the Vikings. They are so bad at the reactionary positions. That's that's defensive backfield and that's offensive line. And when you are bad in those spots, there's really not a solution you can come up with. You know, if if your weapons aren't very good, you can you can change things schematically. Uh, uh, but if you're bad at the reactionary positions, you're just at the mercy of your opponent. And I just think they're they're not talented enough to to play with the titans and uh tennessee's been having to travel all around let's see if they're uh uh maybe a little worn down aj brown might miss another one here but uh gosh i you know if if this line is going to stay under a field goal i really like the titans in this one
4: mitch
3: I will keep it short. I feel the same way. I'm I'm off the Vikings. I think sometimes we uh, take our preseason teams and hang on to them a little too long. I thought that they were going to be able to replace Stefan Diggs. I had them winning the NFC North through two weeks. I am thoroughly unimpressed. Can't pick them again. I like the Titans. I have talked about the Titans uh, the last two seasons we've been doing this podcast, that they scare me when they're... Favored by six, seven points, something like that, because they want to run the ball, shorten the game, few possessions. But yeah, if the Titans are only a field goal against a team that I'm fed up with, uh give me Tennessee all day.
4: Yeah, this is a stay away from me, but if I had to lean, I would lean Vikings. I think Mike Zimmer, after getting embarrassed, is I think he's gonna tighten it up. I, I'm not I should, if I was if I was on week one, I would have said, you know, I think the Tannehill thing now goes on a down slope i could see you know if they can just bottle up derrick henry obviously not easy to do but you know desperation here home team i think and you're getting points but again it's a lean i would stay away from it personally
6: i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico The
4: next game is one of the really good ones on the slate Sunday afternoon. The Patriots, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home with the incoming Las Vegas Raiders at 2-0. and o. The total here, 47-and-a-half, Mitch.
3: Mm, that line must have just moved because I had it at uh, plus six when I wrote down my notes uh, a couple hours ago. I believe you. It's just if you're looking hey, at no, the it updated. It could be.
4: I'll double-check it.
3: Yeah. No, It's I, listen. My, my bet's not going to change uh, between five-and-a-half or six uh, actually, I like the Raiders here. Um, I mean, you guys know that I <laughs> I love picking road teams for my best bets, and I look for uh, reasons to take them. And I, I looked it up because I was curious with all the empty stadiums, just how home field advantage matters and uh, how teams are doing. Road teams are 15 and 17 against the spread, which you know, in in that sample size of two weeks, just means I don't think we've learned anything. And so I just feel free to act the same way I have in years past and uh, not overreact to anything. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I like both of these teams. The the Patriots. It's been fun watching them integrate Cam Newton into that offense. And I shouldn't say integrate him into the offense because obviously things uh, look. It was a very different offense uh, early. You wouldn't expect them to do the same things with him that they did with Tom Brady all those years. Um, but I was just I was impressed by the Raiders' offense on Monday night, and I think a lot of people probably still like to discount them because it's Derek Carr. But uh, you know, Josh Jacobs is really the focal point of that offense. And Carr does a good enough job. He, uh, you know, like Darren Waller was option one, and then he spreads it around pretty evenly to everyone else. And, uh, you know, again, New England's been impressive. If, If Cam sneaks it in, and we talk about this all the time, where, like, one play totally changes how you feel about a team. It's true of the Bears in week one. Uh, it's true of the <laughs> Falcons-Cowboys game in week two. And, you know, if, uh, if Cam Newton sneaks in and they score, we might be talking about the Patriots differently if they're 2-0 and and they've beaten the Seahawks. Um, so, you know, I don't want to overreact too much to one play, uh, whether it goes well or it goes poorly. But um, something about these Raiders, just John Gruden doing the haka in the locker room with his players. Uh, and, you know, I'm not asking him to go win a game in Foxborough, but keeping it within five and a half, yeah, I like him.
4: I was right and wrong. The, uh, the 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 line is five and a half. The total is not forty-seven and a half. It's forty-eight. Just want to make that correction, hmm. Gary. Well,
3: that changes everything for me. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I wonder if this
5: line is kind of putting too much stock in the Patriots early in the season here, and we'll see what this is going forward. Uh, two things that kind of make me nervous about uh, about the Raiders is number one, look, they are second in the league in, in opposing penalty yards so that are at 194 at this point. They got, uh, or I should say, the Saints committed 10 for 129 on Monday night. The other thing that kind of makes me nervous is that there's no pass rush with the Raiders. This is still uh, statistically one of the worst pass rushes in football. It was late last year. It continues to be this year, and and, uh, you know, what we saw the first two weeks with Cam, the reason this is working so well for, for well, it's a number of reasons, but uh, one of the reasons it's working so well is he is under zero pressure. They are doing whatever they want up front, and uh, I think that might be the case in this matchup again. I just think it ends up being a pretty good matchup for, uh, for the Patriots at this point, even if that number is just a smidge too large.
4: Make sure you listen to Gary. He has lots of notes on this game. I don't have any notes. I'll just say, I think the line here is actually, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I think it's a little high with the Raiders. The Raiders are clicking. And um, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I do like the over in this game, though. The uh, total here is 48. I think you're going to see a lot of points in this one. The Raiders' offense is is really rolling. Uh, Gruden's finally got some talent there. Josh Jacobs... One of you guys mentioned, I think it was Mitch. Um, and, I, you know, Kim's been playing great. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of points here. So I, I like this over a lot. Uh, the next game is the Saints giving a field goal to the incoming Packers. The total here is 52 and a half. Gary.
5: Yeah, it's a this is a stay away for me. Uh, we'll you know, I, I assume no Michael Thomas again this week, and uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to eulogize Drew Brees at this point, but uh, you get a feeling that maybe in a couple weeks we might be doing just that. Uh, we'll see if Devontae Adams is healthy and the Packers are at full strength. I, I'd lean Packers here uh, because I do think you're losing the the majority of the home field advantage down to New Orleans, and uh, I mean look the Saints safeties look terrible on Monday night and now they got to deal with a a team with a whole lot more talent on offense here so uh, I I would give a Packers lean but uh, probably would stay away from this one ultimately
4: Mitch
3: I'm not staying away I like the Packers here I think this is another one of those games where the line totally reflects what people thought about these teams before we came into the season than what we've seen in the first two weeks Um, you know we've we, uh, not just us in this uh, in this Zoom room uh, right now, but also the betting public and everyone in the media was talking about how the Saints had the best roster and the Packers were an empty 13 and three and due to regress and can't be as good. But I think if we just block all that out and just look at the last two weeks in a vacuum, I mean the the Packers have been really impressive. And I know you know it's the Lions and the Vikings, but it felt like both games were kind of statement games. Week one, Aaron Rodgers was showing everyone he can still throw it all over the place. Week two, we got the Matt LaFleur offense that everyone thinks he actually wants, where they run the ball with Aaron Jones uh, pretty much at will. And then, you know, the Saints, and we talked about that Raiders game, and, and it is a kind of a letdown game from them, so you have to decide, you know, are they going to bounce back, or is that maybe uh, a sign of some cracks that they aren't quite as good as we, uh, as we think they are? And, and, you know, they could still win this game. They're playing at home, but... Even if they win by a field goal, you know, that's bouncing back. This is a line where I'm surprised that it's not under three because I could easily see this being like a 2 or 2.5 line. Um, but if you're going to give me the field goal, you know, I feel I, I like the Packers there and, uh, and also getting a field goal is enough. And, and we're going to talk about the Monday night game too, which I feel similarly about. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's two good teams that I expect to play a close game. And I feel comfortable enough with the road team that if you're giving me points, I'll take points.
4: Yeah, this is a stay away for me. Uh, if you know, if you had, if I had a lean, I'd go over. I think uh, I, I, I'm going to watch this game very closely. I want to see this this you know the demise of Drew Brees' arm. I, I think Michael Thomas not being there may have a lot to do with that. So um, I, I'm not going to go on a side here, but I would go over if I had a bet. It, but to stay away from me. Mitch mentioned the game. It's the um, <clears throat> it's a good one. The Ravens are giving three and a half points at home to the Chiefs. The total is 54. Mitch.
3: Yeah, this is tough because you want to just like rubber stamp both of these teams every week uh, and take them. But again, this one feels similar to the last game where I, I really like the road team and they happen to be the underdog. And again, now it's three and a half instead of three. This could easily come down to a field goal either way. But it feels like a real-life toss-up game to me, and you guys just—you know—that I love the Chiefs, and I'm gonna pick them. It's just—it's a little jarring to see them. I know it's the Ravens, but it's a little nuts to see them three and a half point underdogs just because they are the Chiefs. It, it reminds me of like when we see the the stats like in Week One. They said, "Oh, this is the first time Tom Brady's been an underdog since 2011." And this almost feels like it could be one of those games for Mahomes where we're going to see this stat like five years from now and be like, yeah, he hasn't been an underdog uh, or at least, you know, hasn't been an underdog by more than a field goal since week three in 2020. Uh, And we'll be talking about this. Um, But, you know, I just think the idea of giving him more than a field goal, um, you know, is just so much. I, I don't want to make too much of the whole like, you know, Ravens, Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, the last two years thing, which I know is a narrative people want to get into. But it is true that. Uh, we can prop up Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team for showing us what they did last year, that even if they get off to a slow start, fall behind, they can find a way to win those games. And, you know, I even think even during the regular season, like I'm, I'm still thinking about that regular season game against the Raiders when they did nothing in the first quarter. And then Mahomes had four touchdown passes in the second quarter. And you look up at halftime and his stats are ridiculous. And it's like they just know how to turn it on. Um, I don't know why I'm randomly talking about uh, a random uh, Chiefs Raiders game from last regular season. Now, I'm just saying, I just, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you know, I'm not overly concerned about the fact that they went to overtime against the Chargers last week. Um, I just think we've seen them do that before, where they start slow and they find a way to pull it out. Any, Any opponent, any time of year... Um, I love the Ravens. They're great. They were a best bet last week to cover by a touchdown. They will be a best bet again, but I just, you can't give the Chiefs three and a half points. I'm taking them. Gary.
5: I, I want to say two things. One, you guys uh, are giving me all this heat for uh, for needing a second take on the on the Raiders Patriots uh, game there because I have eighty spreadsheets open and can't keep them. I mean, Mitch is just reading off the Wikipedia page for Patrick Mahomes' <laughs> 2019 season
3: at this point. No, no, no that that game barely makes the Wikipedia page. He had a very <laughs> impressive season. People people remember the big games. I remember the game he had four touchdown passes in the second.
5: Quarter. <laughs> that was it was a very Abe Simpson type of uh, segue there that you made there mitch uh i i'll just say that i'll i'll ultimately stay away uh gosh patrick mahomes getting points i think you gotta take uh, uh the chiefs in this one I, I will give the the little factoid here mahomes underdog six times in his career including his first three career starts he is a uh, four and two straight up in those games five oh and one against the spread
4: good stat right there
5: anyone like the uh
3: the over just want to see yes. points all you will be hearing
4: from me about the over on this game. I yeah. love it. I think they're just going up and down the field here. I don't see either offense getting stopped. Um,
3: and this was the game last year in the regular season. The They played each other, and this this was the game when John Harbaugh just said, screw it, we're going for it on every fourth down and could see a lot of uh, scoring drives or turnover on downs with risky fourth downs, uh, given good field position back the other way. Um, yeah, I'm not going to best bet it, but it, it will be fun to watch these teams put up some points
4: next game is out in the desert. Kyler Murray, who will now start to get some attention since he's basically a top five quarterback in the league, is giving five and a half points to the Lions. Big total here, 55. Gary.
5: I want to whisper that I I, I kind of really like the Lions in this one. Uh, If Kenny Galladay is back... I do believe in that Lions' offense. I do think they can uh, they they can go toe to toe with the Cardinals here, score for score. Uh, I mean, look, they're I keep on saying this about the Lions' defense. I said it. <laughs> At the end of last year, I said, well, they can't be any worse in 2020, can they? And somehow in the first two weeks, they were worse. Uh, Just at some point, they're going to get like, you know, deflected interception or just a special teams fumble or something like that. And and things are going to turn around for them and they'll go on to win multiple Super Bowls with this with this wonderful defense. But uh, I do think the defense can't be any worse than it was the first two weeks. Uh, and I do think the offense can mm. uh, go score for score here with Arizona. I think this is a one-possession game uh, one way or another. So I do like the Lions. I, 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 I almost wanted to correct myself for saying it. That's how that's how much my soul wants to not say that. Uh, I do like the Lions getting points
3: here.
4: It's interesting to me you say the defense can't be worse. It will be worse because they're <laughs> facing Kyler Murray and DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. And Matt Patricia has no business being a head coach in the NFL. Uh. I will say this. I'm not best betting it. I don't have a lean, but – this will be a game that I put in about 74 teasers on Sunday and then end up losing all of them because, you know, the Lions will sneak out some crazy win. Mitch?
3: Gary, I gave a whole speech earlier in this podcast about not holding on to our preseason teams too long. It was not for the listeners. It was for you and your Detroit Lions. That's the only reason I did that, Gary. <laughs> That's Ugh. why you kept on winking in the Zoom call. <laughs> these, it's funny to think these teams tied in week one of last season. And if you just think about the direction both franchises have gone, and if you consider them even at the moment they finished tied, uh, and just looking at the trajectory of both teams since then, I mean, the Cardinals are so much better. I'm insulted by this line that it's not higher. I just think, I think Arizona's awesome. I'm really excited about watching them all year. They're going to beat the Lions and the Panthers and the Jets, and they're going to be 5-0 rolling into a Monday night game against Dallas in week six. And the Lions, you know, they've, they've lost two in a row. They've lost 11 in a row dating back to last season. I know they didn't have Matthew Stafford for a bunch of those. But still, just looking at that team. Jimmy, I'm with you on Matt Patricia. It, you know, we'll see if he lasts the season, but he's not going to be their head coach next year. I just, uh, you know, the Lions have not given me any reason to think that they're going to turn this thing around. And, uh, you know, maybe a, maybe a backdoor cover. That's the hope. I just think the Cardinals are a better team. They're going to win. I like them by a touchdown.
4: And then we've got the Bucks who got their first win there for Tom Brady last week, giving six points in Denver. I should have checked this. Drew Locke not playing. I assume it's Jeff Driscoll. The total here is 43-and-a-half, Mitch. Yeah, uh,
3: and so of all of the uh, backup QBs who are going to be pushed into duty, Driscoll's the one that I would say I have the least confidence in. Um, definitely not as much as, uh, as Nick Mullins or even Herbert, the rookie. Yeah. Um, Man, Denver, they're just they're so beat up. Um, You know, we talked about the Von Miller injury on the eve of the season. Now they lost their quarterback and they lost uh, Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, A.J. Bouye, a bunch of other uh, players. They're just, you know, I know they kept it close with the Steelers last week and part of me just like wonders how. Um, But I just looking at these two teams, I don't know how you can pick the Broncos with any kind of confidence.
4: Uh, the rest of the games on the slate, we're going to go rapid fire for here because we don't, the th- none of us have leans on any of these three game, uh, any of these, uh, one, two, three, four, five games. So we're going to go rapid fire. Let's do, we're going to go out of order. We'll just do the two good ones. First, the Steelers are giving four points to the Texans. The total is 45. Uh, Gary, what do you think?
5: Yeah, I, I wimped out. Uh, I was going to take Texans as best bet, sort of backed off of it. I, I just don't like the matchup quite enough. Uh, and the line shrunk a little bit. It, I, I think it opened at like 6, 6.5. But, uh, I mean, look, Steelers beat up on two bad teams, but they kind of let them hang around the first two weeks. If you let Deshaun Watson hang around, he's going to burn it, right? At some point, Deshaun Watson is going to burn someone this season. But then season, Bill so.
4: O'Brien will do something with the clock and the timeouts, and that'll... <laughs> yeah. Be the end of that.
5: Bill O'Brien will tie the game and then go for two or something yeah. like that and then they'll lose by six in overtime. Uh, but yeah, I, I lean
3: Texans here, but uh, again, cowardice one out. Mitch? Lightning round, I'll lean Steelers. Uh, I know you guys expect me to pick all the road teams, but these poor Texans, their schedule is just, it's just impossible. Um, you know, it's yeah. like they haven't even started their season yet. Like, give them a break, but uh, I think they're going to lose this one and then we'll see uh, how I feel about a rebound.
4: And the other game we have... Uh, no leans on is the Seahawks giving 5 to the Cowboys the total here is it looks like 50 but I can't read my chicken scratch <laughs> but it's high
5: no it's uh, yeah. look yeah. I, I, would, I would like the Cowboys in this one if this one when, when was in Dallas and it was like a pick'em or something but uh, I, I hate when the Cowboys go on the road I, I don't know what happens to like Amari Cooper on the road or anything like that but uh, I don't know if they can uh, keep up with the Seahawks
3: here Mitch. Yeah, my gut said. I, I, this is total stay away, obviously. Everything in this section is a stay away, but I. You know, I, I love the Seahawks so much this year. My gut did say maybe take the Cowboys. Um, just every game Seattle plays is so weird, and they're going to be this, and Dallas last week. Um, you know, I could easily see this coming down to a field goal at the end. I thought I was going to like the over, but I had written down fifty-six, which I just was just going to say. I made a disgusting, little, felt a yeah. Little I high. mean when I saw these teams, I thought, oh, I'll probably take the over, but that's. that's
4: I made a bad mistake saying fifty. It's fifty-six. Yeah. My six looked like a zero. That was the problem. The total is fifty-six, not fifty.
3: Hmm. Well, there you go. Lightning round. That's We're it. done. All We're right. done,
4: Jim. And then we got the Bengals going into Philadelphia. The Eagles are four and a half points favorites. The total is 50, uh, 46. I'm sorry, 46. Mitch.
3: Gross. Don't make me talk about this game. <laughs> uh, it's been a tough couple of weeks uh, for those of us who are Eagles fans. Um, worse than I even could have expected. I mean, you know, I, I held my nose and picked the Eagles in our MMQB uh, staff pick them straight up. Uh, and I like to think they'll get it done. But five points uh, geez I'll just say the Eagles have a terrible history against the Bengals I tweeted out uh, the screenshot of all their scores of the uh, all-time series history earlier this week people can dig through all my octopus tweets and find it uh, very ugly <laughs> very ugly Gary no I, I actually like the
5: Eagles quite a bit it's it's not uh, it's not as close to my heart here even though I picked them as uh, my, my alternate NFC champions to the to the Saints Uh the quarterback's going to get right at some point. I think there are a lot of teams that are going to get right against this Bengals defense this year. The only reason I wouldn't quite best bet it is because I do fear the, uh, the backdoor cover with Joe Burrow. I think that's going to be a theme this year. But uh, uh, the Bengals the Bengals can't play. Uh, they, they can't block. Uh, they can't stop anyone on defense. They are bad up the middle. Their linebackers and, and, and safeties are not good enough. And uh, that's where the Eagles' strength is, uh, tight ends and running backs here. So I, I think the Eagles have a get-right week.
4: Can we, yeah, uh, I can never put my money on the Bengals, but I want to root for Joe Burrow, so I have to stay away from me. Gary, can we call uh, him
3: Backdoor Burrow? Can I uh, coin a nickname here? If how many times in a row does he have to do it? We'll I would s- say
5: trademark it now and uh, start printing up the T-shirts. Hmm. All right, let's see if he does it again,
3: and then uh, maybe we'll talk <laughs> next week.
4: And then we've got the uh, Colts giving eleven and a half points to the Jets, who are. Completely uh, decimated by injuries. They don't have their top three wide receivers for this game. The total is 44. Um, Gary.
5: Oh, I'm, I'm surprised no one best bet this one. Uh, and the only, really, the only reason I backed off of it because I do think the Colts are uh, one of the best teams in football. I just figured, look, we taped Thursday evening. By the time Friday morning rolls around, this line was going to be like Colts uh, giving like 24 and a half or something. So. Um, <laughs> It's really tough to see a scenario where the Colts don't blow the jets out in this one. And uh,
3: it's, yeah, that that's pretty much it. Mitch? I'll just say, uh, I spent a little bit of time in the car last Sunday. It was Rosh Hashanah, so driving back from family time, so I accidentally caught a little Jets post-game show with Jets fans calling in. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) They were alternating between callers saying they were going to go 0-16 and and callers saying, well, if they fire Adam Gase now, they could still get the 7 seed. (laughs) And just uh, hearing that uh, dissonance from across the spectrum of Jets fandom uh, was quite something. Yeah, the, the Jets are awful, but I can't trust the Colts to cover an 11-point spread. Uh, you guys know how I feel about them from last week's show, so uh, stay away from me.
4: And the last game that we haven't spoken about yet, the Chargers with Justin Herbert giving six to the Panthers. No Christian McCaffrey, total 43.5, Mitch.
3: Yeah, all lean Chargers. Um, unbelievable story on Justin Herbert. I think we're like... <laughs> Part of me thinks we're, like, desensitized to crazy news because of everything that's happened. But, like, if this happened in, like, 2015, it would be, like, the biggest story in the world that they're uh, starting quarterback after warm-ups. Uh, they, the trainer on his own team punctured his lung. It's, it's like, it's, it's nuts. In the lung. Unbelievable yeah. that, this, that this happened. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the Panthers were not as frisky in week two as they were in week one. And now they lose McCaffrey, who, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, obviously we all know how important he is. Um, and you know, the big thing, Herbert also, he, he was the surprise starter last week. Now he gets the entire week of preparation and reps and everything. Um, you know, the Panthers prepare for him, but I don't know how much that matters. Um, so, you know, I lean chargers, but, uh, don't feel too strongly about it. Gary? Yeah, I like Herbert a whole lot more than Tyrod, but I think the big
5: mismatch here is this Chargers pass rush that, look, they dominated the Bengals, and we sort of said, well, maybe it was just the Bengals, but then they dominated the Chiefs. So uh, the Panthers are not good up front. I I think this is a game that Joey Bosa just takes over, and uh, uh, I don't know how the Panthers are going to move the ball. So even if Herbert ends up putting up uh, only like 20, 23 points, something like that, I don't know if the Panthers are going to get to 10 here.
4: The Panthers are a um, weaponless team right now. Nothing going on on offense. All right, let's get to the best bets as we wrap up the Week 3 edition. Uh, I've got four for you. Gary, how many do you have?
3: Uh, I have five. Let's hear them. Gary, are I they all know, on uh, separate spreadsheets? Or do you have I uh, no, no. Well, I, I, gotta,
5: I, I have to say I was struggling so much on the show that I didn't stop it. But I did get skipped on my Bucks, uh Broncos pick here so uh oh, i will sorry give a, a 20 minute soliloquy on this one but uh I, I do like the bucks dropped two touchdowns uh at least maybe three in that panthers game so i know they got uh you know sort, sort of a lucky cover late with the four net long touchdown run but uh i wish drew Locke was playing and they were only given a field goal but uh, even given six here i i really think the bucks are ready to start rolling here this season and and they end up rolling a, a pretty big number on the broncos who just aren't going to be able to move the ball but i do have i do have Bucks in that one, Bucks at Denver. Uh, Giants plus four and a half uh, against the 49ers. I also have the over in that game, which is, what do we say, 41 and a half?
4: The Giants is, I was just throwing out the sheet, the Giant total is 41 and a half.
5: 41 and a half. So I'll take the over in that one. I have the under in Rams, Bills, and I have the Titans giving two and a half at Minnesota.
4: Mitch?
3: All right, I've got five of them, uh, four road teams, uh, as per usual. Uh, Give me those Vegas Raiders, plus five and a half in Foxborough. I'm with Gary. I've got the Titans, minus two and a half in Minnesota. Uh, Cardinals, minus five and a half against the Lions. And then uh, I'm on both of the primetime games Sunday and Monday uh, with my uh, road underdogs, the Packers plus three in New Orleans and the Chiefs plus three and a half in Baltimore.
4: I've got four. i uh, I'm going to see if the Falcons can recover from the worst loss in the history of the NFL and lay three points uh, with them against the Bears. The uh, Washington football team getting a touchdown at Cleveland over 48, Las Vegas, New England. I just like saying Las Vegas. Truly really Raiders, Patriots. And then over 54, Chiefs, Ravens. So those are my four. Let's hope we can... Replicate the week two success because that was pretty good, I must say.
3: We got six and five the first week, 11 and four the second, so we're sitting sitting at 17 and nine on the year.
4: You always got to throw out the first week, you know, you got to get that feel.
3: You did literally, you didn't even uh, pick any games (laughs) exactly.
4: (laughs) I'm no dummy. Uh, Alright, so that wraps up this uh, edition Of the MMQB Gambling Podcast Week 3 in the books For Mitch and Gary, I'm Jimmy Trana. We will see you next week Good luck with the wagers